Hello and welcome to episode 123 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're a source for Drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right. Just a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular, the online client MTG Arena. And we have something special planned for this week. Uh, something brand new. It's actually kind of a little experiment to see if this is something we want to do in the future. So we'll get to that shortly. But first, each week we both bring a beer. We drink Jeff's, then drink mine, rate them on a scale of Bronze to Mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right. Last week we got taken over by Sawdust City Brewing mm. Company. So we are continuing with some of their stuff. This is Papa Janu, um, which is actually in collaboration. Zach pointed this out to me right before the show, the Second Wedge Brewing, which is a brewery that we have tried before. Um, I'll, I'll say no more than that. A brewery we have tried before. <laughs> um, the I wanted to bring this one on the show because it's uh, my Bach, um, which is a really interesting beer style. And uh, basically the way I think of it is it's like a German IPA. Like it is to German beers, what IPAs would be to American beers. So it's mm -hmm. a little higher percentage and a little hoppier, but it's definitely still got the like German beer underpinnings. You, you can tell it's not an IPA. It's different, mm -hmm. but that's kind of the way to think about it. Nice. Yeah. So this one's 7%. That's right. And it has a picture of Sasquatch on the front with some mushrooms uh throwing a, a hint at the sasquatch hops in the beer so oh. sweet all right let's crack it open jeff all right as we pour this we have some magic news so the anthologies are now on arena if you want to hear us talk about those or shit on those um we talked about that last <laughs> week so go back to that episode but as they uploaded these onto Arena and with that like update, yesterday there were some changes to alchemy that they didn't tell anyone about. So first off, they banned a card in alchemy, which is strange because it's supposed to be the format where you don't ban cards, you just nerf them. Uh, so they finally decided to ban Fable of the Mirror Breaker which seems odd uh, to do it now and whatever. Um, but more so just strange that they banned it altogether and they sh why they didn't rebalance it when it was banded standard just seems bizarre to me. Um, but yes. I don't know. Yeah, so this like, was weird. Like I thought I missed something because I just logged in and it told me the card's banned. And then I thought, sometimes I get really old band messages. I don't know if you get this, but mm -hmm. I'll like log in and it'll say, oh, just so you know, this card's banned in standard. I was like, well, it's been months, but okay, thank you. Uh, so I thought, I assumed it was that. And then I realized, like, oh, actually it says alchemy on it. Um, yeah, so I was pretty surprised. I wonder if this means they just couldn't tweak it in a way that didn't either ruin the card or make it still too good. Uh, Basically they, so this is all happening as arenas like 
updating in the morning and they waited until the afternoon to actually post a an article explaining what's happening, mm -hmm. which is usually not how they do things. Usually they like to tell yeah. you first and then it happens. So everyone was super confused on Twitter. It was just crazy. Um, but they, I think their reasoning was basically, hey, Alchemy is still rotating the same as Standard used to. So it's still only the two years, right? Because they have a different team that works on Alchemy than on Standard. So they just decided to ban it outright because it wasn't worth putting in the time to try to tweak it for a month which my question is why do anything and just let rotation deal with it like what yeah I don't also know. tweaks would affect historic right that's true tweaks would also affect uh, historic so that was probably yeah. a big case for it too i just don't really see why they didn't just wait till rotation just, yeah just do nothing for your month out of rotation yeah like uh, whatever um well other than the other change they made make that one maybe that's it they're making the other change so they thought let's change it up anyway uh which that other change is finally crucius has been nerfed crucius is the egregious uh pirate rectos card that um does a bunch of fucking shit but basically it went from a 3-3 to a 3-1 which is actually huge because yeah. it can actually be like easily dealt with in combat you can cut it down now there's a bunch of cards that yeah kill it. that makes it it much worse it's a, yeah. this is a good change I, I still remember when we were doing like research for uh we wanted to talk about alchemy and mm -hmm. we were doing research for it and i just i think we were just looking at some deck lists like we weren't going super deep or anything and i just read this card and i was like what the hell is this like how did anyone ever think that this was a reasonable card to put into a format where red and black are already good yeah it's also the thing that like and this is the reason why we're not going to stay on alchemy very long we don't talk about alchemy very much and the reason is because of cards the like way this. not just cards like this but because it took this long for them to actually nerf this card right because it took me this... one second of reading it to realize this card was too good but it takes what a year to yeah action this, on it this card was out for more than a year right didn't mm -hmm. this come in with like uh i feel like it came in maybe it was more dominaria united or like i actually don't remember when this card came out so that's probably a bad thing to say um it's hard to remember because this is like a pirate card but it, it came in a set that has nothing to do with pirates right exactly like, so it's one of those confusing ones where it's like, I knew it was it Brothers War. Okay, so it wasn't a whole year. It felt like a whole year because this card was dominating and they could have easily done something about this card. Like, as soon as it like dominates and something needs to happen with it, the whole point of nerfing cards and having digital cards is that you can change them quickly. And exactly. when they don't change them quickly, it just, this is like, the number one reason myself and many people were not playing alchemy so yeah anyway it's uh now i'm sure it's all about just jamming the one ring into every single deck but... yeah like other all the other <laughs> formats right now so yeah uh, but we don't have to deal with it yeah no one ring here nope that's because we're talking all about standard that's right yeah um it's basically we've been kind of calling this like our summer of standard um, because that's all we've been playing since the draft format is not necessarily something that we're interested in since it doesn't help our collections as non-alchemy mm -hmm. historic players. Um, 
So, Jeff, I want you to explain our little experiment, but we have something special. We think it's special. It seems it's it seems exciting. So, Jeff, yeah. what are we doing exactly? It's going to be a lot of fun mm -hmm. uh, for us, at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what we're doing is we picked a deck list. Um, we'll talk about what it is in a second. So we have a deck list that's in standard. What we're going to do is I'm going to play it and Zach's going to play it. And we're going to talk about it. We've done that. And we're going to talk about it a little bit today. But then what's going to happen is we're both just going to kind of take the deck in whatever direction we want to. So Zach mm -hmm. will add cards he likes or remove cards he doesn't like, and I'll do the same. And then we're going to kind of check back in uh, later and find out just how different the lists we end up with are or how similar. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, this is just kind of a came from an idea of like, what could we do with standard and what would be a fun thing and how often we don't really get to play the exact same deck list and talk about the exact cards we're sideboarding in and out and what we think the good matchups are and the bad matchups are. Um, cause sometimes we just play different decks. And so mm -hmm. this was a, a way to kind of force us to do one and then see what we think the deck should be doing instead of what they are doing. Um, yeah. So we pick something fairly stock and fairly uh, straightforward as far as like um, the cards in it uh, are very... Yeah, I think the, the idea was we picked a deck list that we knew like needed some work in yeah. a sense or mm -hmm. had a lot of room to change it if you mm -hmm. want to. Um, so it's kind of like a, we both pick up a deck and then we start to customize and build and improve and iterate on it. And we're just going to see what happens when we both do that mm -hmm. uh, yeah. separately. So, uh, and we haven't really talked about it at all before this moment. So that's going to be <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And if this is something that uh, we like and also you like, but more importantly, we like, uh, we'll probably do it uh, whenever new sets come out and things like that. So, um, or there's like a new deck that would work for this type of experience. And also it was important to me that we didn't pick like a tier one deck or anything mm -hmm. there, you know, that are, um, again, we want it to not already be optimized because yeah. then, then it feels like we're taking tier one decks and like making them worse and like yeah, who, <laughs> who dragged them through the mud less. You know? Yeah. But we also didn't want to pick a deck that was so off meta that it's like never going to win a game and is not good. Yeah, and then, that's not fun for anyone. Yeah, specific things like werewolves or like something like that where you're like kind of tribe focused and you're like kind of you're very limited to the cards you can actually pick because they have to have a word on them. Um, and so it's it's not as fun, like the card pool gets smaller immediately. Um, so, Jeff, what deck archetype did we pick for this? Okay, it's only fitting, given the origins of the show and our love of Demir Rogues, that uh, we stuck to our favorite, uh, quote unquote, color pair here, and that is Demir. So the deck list that we're going to start from is a very stock Demir mid-range deck that is just kind of like three of this, four of that, four of that, four of that, three of this, four of that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's... <clears throat> I think you, Zach, you found this list somewhere or, or yeah. put it together. 
Um, yeah, I, it, it, as soon as you sent it to me, I was like, that's the perfect list because there's so much room. There's so many good cards in these colors. There's so much room to innovate and like take it a certain direction and lots of cards you can cut, lots of cards you can add. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be really interesting to yeah. see where this goes. And this is also interesting. We had a um, someone in our Discord had asked us recently, like, how many times should you play with a specific iteration of a deck before changing it? And that kind of sparked a little bit of this is something we had already thought about. And then it kind of gave us an interesting idea like, oh, like, when do you get the chance to just like play a deck? And, and this last week, we were forced to never change anything. You have to play it as is for a whole week so that you know so that we can have this talk and decide you know what we think is good and bad and what we want to change and then give the time to actually change it um because now after playing it for a whole week i am itching to change things i know uh, i keep like wanting to <laughs> do something and you're some like swaps. no i can't uh so kind of a quick run through like this is a very stock and so basically um the main deck we're playing like Fairy Mastermind, Tenacious Underdog, Urtai Resurrected, and Shieldred the Apocalypse. Then we have two Planeswalkers, which is Kaito Shizuki and then Liliana of the Veil. And then we're just playing like Cut Down, Go for the Throat, Make Disappear, and Siphon Insight. So it's literally all of the non-land cards. Yeah, That's it. Those are those are the cards. So there's like um mainly three and four copies of each, um, and then just two copies of Tenacious Underdog. Um and then the the sideboard and we'll post this deck list right in the yes. discord channel so it's it's in our discord right now so if you want to go there you can check it out if you want to follow along and see exactly how we're sideboarding and what you think is is going on um the sideboard is also very stock like dress disdainful stroke negate um shielders edict uh glistening deluge graveyard trespasser as well as parasitic grasp which is the biggest question mark for me, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think I had just had found this deck. It had been in some event somewhere and it was part of a list of like decks in events. And I just mm -hmm. like took it, it hadn't, it didn't seem like it would have had a ton of work on it. Um, and I'd seen it by multiple people. So I was like, okay, this is just a deck that people have, so. Um, yeah, so usually when that happens, uh usually you can trace it back to like it either 5-0'd some MTGO league or it did well in some MTGO tournament and then everyone's just copying that deck list. Mm -hmm. um, so I did not trace it back all the way. So yeah, I was lazy. Yeah, yeah. No need for that. I just yeah. like usually when I see the same deck list that has like somewhat peculiar choices over mm -hmm. and over again. Uh, that's usually my assumption. Eric, okay, may that's why. Be, may not even be true, but usually yeah. I just assume like people are copying it from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, Jeff, before we really get into the matchups, because I'm most excited about that, about figuring out like which matchups we think are good, how we sideboard yeah. about against certain things, all that stuff. Um, I just want to hear your thoughts about playing the deck in general, like. How have you liked it? What are things that you thought were cool? What are things that jumped out at you that you like? It seemed fairly, to me, run of the mill, but little interactions that you're like, oh, that's really interesting and cool that I've never actually put together in, in play before. Yeah, so the 
This deck is really interesting to me, actually. Um, when I look at this deck list, and certainly when I first looked at it, like there's just so much that I want to change. But that's mm -hmm. why it's important, you know, to do what you said, like play the deck first, um, because I have internal biases, right? So, you know, my standard, the thing we always joke about is uh, first thing I do when I get a deck is I cut the worst card and that'll end. When I was looking at this one, I was actually like, you know, I was I'm all set to like do that as soon as I'm allowed to, you know, ready. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute, 26? This is 26 lands and it only goes to four? Actually, I'm good. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't need to cut a land. If any, or add a land. If anything, I need to cut a land. Um, not going to do that. Yeah. But like 26 is a lot of lands for, mm -hmm. for your curve stopping at four. So kudos whoever built this deck uh, is clearly a kindred spirit that hates hates losing to screw and is willing to lose to flood mm -hmm. um so that was that was a nice thing but the rest of me just like looks at this and is like this deck is bad i don't know why mm -hmm. and then when i play the deck i feel like the deck is bad but then i've been winning a lot i know right <laughs> so i'm just like is the deck bad like i feel like i'm always like behind i'm not doing stuff that's as powerful as my opponents but then i win Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, is this deck bad or is this deck good? <laughs> it's it's also this interesting thing, like when we had picked this deck, it was like the beginning of the month and uh, there's a lot of like Esper control around, which there still is a lot of Esper control, but I've been yeah. running into a lot more Demir mid-range decks like up against them, mm -hmm. which I was surprised to see. And I feel like I'm constantly running into not this exact deck, but different types of it. Um, right. So the act, there's like something in the air that's also like, make the best Demir deck is just like in the ether. Yeah. And so this Everyone experiment, had the same idea as us. Yeah. So this experiment is really interesting. And it's like, I don't, because like at the time we had chose this, it wasn't on the map at all. Like it wasn't, yeah. besides like the, the Jace Breach one we were uh, talking about a few weeks back. Um, we, I think I ran into it like a couple of times in my like many, many games played with the Phyrexian deck. Like I went mm -hmm. from bronze nothing to diamond one. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned that. I did not end up getting to. Yeah. Um, but I did get to diamond one and I actually, uh, I did, my computer disconnected in a game when I was literally about to cast the winning spell. And uh, that would have gotten me there. And then I, lost a bunch more and wasn't yeah. able to like fight my classic way. story jeff yeah of course you're yeah. about to do it but you had computer <laughs> problems right 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 yeah yeah that never happens to me right yeah yeah um but i ran into demir mid-range maybe twice and i was just mm -hmm. like oh, okay so it existed but it certainly wasn't popular because now it feels like i see it all of the time and my deck feels like or this deck feels like usually usually like it's also the fact that like i've been playing this and there are you know a handful of cards that i don't want in my deck anymore so when i draw them i'm like oh god why do i get yeah. another i don't why are you playing so many of these this is dumb like you should not that's have definitely game. part of it and then you end up winning and you're like, yeah and you're like well <laughs> it's still dumb it's still dumb but like i was lucky um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
but but some things that like people have been singing the praises of siphon insight since it came out mm -hmm. and it snuck under my radar a lot um yeah i did uh i have copies and paper just for demir rogues just in case because it seemed like a fun card but yeah in this deck i really like it actually because what siphon insight does is if you're not familiar it's um a blue and a black for an instant and you get to look at the top two cards of target opponent's library exile one of them face down and put the other on the bottom of that library and then you can look at it and play it from exile as long as it remains exiled and then you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to do that it also importantly has flashback for one blue black so it's a card advantage engine where you're just playing your opponent's deck which brings a lot of really interesting things especially in sideboard of like how much do i want to play my opponent's deck do i want to take this out because their deck isn't really none of their cards are any good or it's like oh actually they have some great cards i want to steal but using siphon insight in the combination with liana of the veil is really nice because you're you still have card advantage but you don't have to have any cards in your hand so you can discard your whole hand and all you're just playing your opponent's deck <laughs> so like yeah. you just siphon insight their thing it's an exile you get to play cards from there um which I've been leaning very heavily into and have really been enjoying that interaction, which I'm sure other people have run into, but uh, I didn't immediately look at the deck and be like, oh, that's great. Those are those work together. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a really like bread and butter. It's been a really, really bread and butter interaction for me because mm -hmm. this deck plays four Liliana's. And so, but it has powerful cards. Like it has some stuff you want to hold up, right? It has. Mm -hmm or tie and it has make disappear so sometimes you kind of get into this awkward thing where you have to discard something but you don't want to discard a land because you want to make your land drops or you don't want to discard your counter spell or whatever so you do i even do i just not activate liliana that kind of thing and siphon inside i've found just so helpful even just like hitting land drops like mm -hmm. i'll discard my land and i'll use i'll steal one of yours and then i'll be fine yeah um or even just like the, you know, the less subtle, but still there interaction of just discard Siphon Insight because it has flashback, mm -hmm. like all that kind of stuff. Um, I've really enjoyed playing, like it feels like cheating because your Siphon mm -hmm. Insight has, gets you like two cards that aren't technically in your hand and then you're just making them, just, just they have to discard pretty much. Yeah. It feels... Like a three mana planeswalker shouldn't have a plus one that says your opponent discards a card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's also great just because it has instant speed, so you can hold up your make disappear during their turn, and then when they don't, you can siphon insight yeah. for your land drop for your Liliana or whatever on your third turn. And yeah, it's it's great. the The fact that you can play lands off of it is huge because often I'll keep a hand that's land light with two of these and be like, I'll find some of theirs. Um, exactly yeah i'll get there mm -hmm. i think the card would be I don't, know, I don't know unplayable maybe if it didn't hit lands that's true and it's yeah. very good when it does so it's mm -hmm. like that difference is so huge it is uh, it is huge um we also have like the very basic interaction that everybody knows about in standard and people have been using but like shieldred the apocalypse with anything that makes your opponent draw cards so that's yeah. fair, very mastermind likes it when your opponent draws extra cards and Urtai makes your opponent draw extra cards. 
um, which is kind of his downside, but in this case can actually be an upside. Um, yeah. So that is pretty cool. Uh, just having the, that, I don't like that one nearly as much though, because it's very rare where if you can have shielded down and play extra spells, um, then you're already winning. So you're in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. I like this, just like take shielded out of that equation. I've just really loved fairy mastermind plus Urtai mm -hmm. because when you have fairy mastermind in play, Urtai, it, it doesn't, it's not that he has no downside, but it's, it becomes like we each draw a card mm -hmm. rather than just you draw. Like I counter your thing, we each draw feels so much better than I counter your thing, you draw. Mm -hmm. um, it turns it like, because Urtai's, I traditionally think of it as just a tempo card. And this isn't really a tempo deck. It's like something I want to talk about later. It's like half a tempo deck, half a just mono black mid range deck. Yeah. But this is the tempo half. And sometimes it's like, ugh, I drew the tempo half of my deck and I really just wanted the mono black part. Or sometimes it's like, oh, I drew the mono black part and I, the rest of my game plan has been to tempo them out. But it just feels so good when you have Mastermind into Urtai because you'll you just like keeps the gas going and makes them stumble. It's like mm -hmm. the perfect one-two punch if if you were on the tempo game plan. Yeah, um, yeah. I will say that as we're talking about Urtai, this is one of the cards that I don't like very much. I don't like how many there are. Yeah, and... so I mean, when I first started playing, I I cast over tide when I already had one on the battlefield, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, fuck me, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this sucks. Forgot, forgot it was legendary. Like... Mm -hmm. Um, but as I've slowly been getting more into it, uh, the real reason you have Urtai in the deck is because it can not only counter spells but activated and triggered abilities. So you can, anytime someone does like weird attacks and you know you they have like um uh i ganju in their hand or is really good for that and i was very lucky the other day where my opponent and i both had shielded on the battlefield but mine came in first and i was at two life and so then the way this the trigger stack is that mine triggers first because mine was on the battlefield first so that means their resolves first and so I was going to lose my two life before I could gain two life, but I did draw Urtai as the card and then their trigger was on the stack so I could play Urtai and count, counter their triggered ability. So I didn't lose two life and I didn't die, Nice. <laughs> which was, it took me a really long time to figure it out because I was like sitting there being like, is there something I can do? I was like, wait, yeah. of course there is. Um, is it battlefield first or is it just active player? Like, because it's your turn, yours goes on the stack first. Um, I mean, may, maybe it is active player. I was always assuming it was which one entered first, um, but it could be active player. Yeah, because I think usually they don't want to have to track stuff like that. Like if the uh, game's gone on for five or six turns, you don't want to be like, which shield which one entered first? first? That is actually a good rules question that I wasn't 100% sure about. And as they played their shieldred, I was like, am I going to die? I have no idea. Right. Um, Let's just see how it orders these. We'll exactly. And then I have to like very carefully. Read. Arena, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to know. I don't have to call a judge or I don't have to. So. Because um, I know I... what my opponent's going to think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to know what the judge thinks. 
Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, that uh, that made me like him quite a bit more because I really don't, even with all the other stuff that's like having Mastermind out and having things, I the four mana counter spell with a with a body that can get cut down um gets like really annoying after a while yeah Any, anything that gets cut down i want a cut down free deck which is hard man like gets cut down has happened to me and it's rough mm-hmm. i do like urtai because i find it flexible enough um it's like just flexible enough for me i think uh but yeah, the, when you, when they cut it down, it feels really bad. Mm-hmm. Ha, my question for you is: Have you ever uh, targeted your own thing with Urtai? I've thought about it. In that scenario, <laughs> I was debating whether I should because I didn't realize I could actually um, counter the trigger, counter the triggered ability. Because I knew mm-hmm. it would work with the channel lands, but I but I knew those were activated, so I was like forgetting about the triggered part. So reading the cards helps you win games. Look at that um so but that was the first time i was like do i try to put another trigger on this deck so i can find something that does something when i already had or like card. kill your own thing to draw a card to gain two life of yours oh it would be the no, same problem it would, yeah, yeah, it would yeah, be yeah, the yeah. same problem yeah um so anyway uh but if I, they I, were at two you could have killed their shield or forced them to draw exactly thing. yeah but <laughs> but no anyway um interesting card but we'll see how many i have in the deck (laughs) at the end if that doesn't tell you anything how many i have Uh, yeah um yeah so i have targeted myself with her i actually did have to do it but it was not an interesting story it was like i'm dead on board i need to try to find something i took an extra draw and i i killed like a might token or something and i i whiffed and missed and i conceded mm-hmm. so it's not a it's not a cool story mm-hmm. but i have targeted myself and when i did it i was like oh this could target myself oh, okay i get one more draw step on it and then yeah. i'm just like how epic would it be if i find the removal spell off this <laughs> it uh, would be sick especially if you like use your planeswalker and then kill your planeswalker because you're like that's not going to do anything anyway and keep your yeah. blockers even though a might token is can't block but anyway jeff yeah. and it wasn't sorry it wasn't like a single target removal spell i was looking for uh glistening deluge to wipe oh their, gotcha wipe all of their stupid little white humans off the board mm-hmm. interesting i have uh it'll be interested because i have not dealt with any little white humans but um <laughs> yeah i think that's a tough matchup <laughs> Even though we have a ton of removal, they just like are built to beat removal. Yeah. And we're not a control deck, so we're not we don't have good board wipes. Like there's nothing good yeah. to like Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um and Shieldra's just not enough. No. No, no, no. So let's talk about matchups. Um I kind of wanted to talk about like archetypes as they come. And this is actually probably a good way to start because uh aggressive decks. So all the aggro decks. You're you're talking about are you talking about mono white humans? Yeah, this was like <clears throat> I think it was splashing blue, but it is essentially mm-hmm. like mono white, like soldiers basically. Soldiers, yeah, okay. humans. Because I um, haven't seen that deck very much, but if you want to start there, um, it's, it has the very similar feel to the yeah. other aggressive decks. 
I've only played against it once or twice. Um, I think I lost. I think it was twice and I lost both, but they weren't exactly the same. One was mono white and then one was gotcha. white. This has got to be why Parasitic Grasp is in the sideboard. Like mm -hmm. the builder, original builder knew this was a bad matchup. And I think it is even with the Parasitic Grasp. Like we have a lot of removal, but so many of our cards are just so bad. Like Kaito's mm -hmm. pretty bad. Liliana's bad. Mm -hmm. uh, Make Disappears quite bad. Siphon Insight is bad. Like all of these cards are bad. And it's just so likely that you you draw the wrong Ones. cards. You can't yeah. side them all out. Like you, you can't side out all your bad, all your bad cards here. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely not a good matchup. Not to mention like Fairy Mastermind is bad. Like even mm -hmm. the creatures are just Fairy Mastermind's like one of your better cards in the matchup, but it's not good. It's like mm -hmm. a two-one flash. That like ambushes <laughs> something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shieldred is kind of your your Hail Mary. You have to like play it and hope it survives and can block stuff, but by the time Shieldred comes down, their creatures are pretty big, actually. Mm -hmm. And so it'll usually trade with something because you're too far behind to take the profitable block. You have to kind of take the take trade. The survival, yeah. The yeah, exactly. The survive or die trade. Um, and you just it's just too hard to try to keep up with cut down and go for the throat. Mm -hmm. So basically post-board you get better you bring in glistening deluge again that's probably why that's there too parasitic grasp but it just becomes this like well if i draw glistening deluge and they play into it and they don't have invasion of gobicon i win mm -hmm. if they any of those things aren't true then i lose <laughs> that's this kind is... of felt to me yeah i would i was assuming it was going to be bad and i was looking at the sideboard being like yes uh, Parasitic Grasp is here for obviously Mono White. Never ran into it. I haven't seen Invasion of Gobicon in like three weeks. Like, oh I man, have... it, it's very good against us. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. But like, I haven't. I was just like looking at these things, thinking that it would be a problem, and I have not. I've just not run into Mono White, and so that is Alia also pretty annoying. The, the thing Ooh, I hate the most yeah. is holding up cut down and then their two drop is Thalia. Like, mm. this literally ruins everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously going to untap play a land and cut that down, but yeah. like, my whole curve is wrong now. It's off, yeah, just because of Thalia. Um, which is the funny thing as someone who does love Thalia, that you don't mm -hmm. always get to see that. Yeah. But you can you feel see it the pain. You, yeah. <laughs> Until you have to like be really smart to be like, oh, you had that last turn, didn't you? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. But interesting. Yeah. Because as far as like even aggressive decks, like I've been running into mono red a lot. Mm -hmm. And so, like, our sideboard plan for mono red is basically just take out Liliana's because they're not really good against mono red anything that dumps their hand leon's not very good at especially things that yeah. go wide um and then i don't know like put in like negate <laughs> and then like graveyard treasure yeah. or anything that like gains life you're like okay cool um yeah and hope you can I mostly just try to get cheaper in this matchup so take out liliana's because there are three drops mm -hmm. um, i don't love urtai in this matchup even though it, it can like trade with something like sometimes it's good it'll trade with something and counter something whatever. Mm -hmm. um but generally it's just too expensive to be effective against mono red 
and you're just trying to be like as cheap as possible even even if that means bringing in duress sometimes mm -hmm. yeah yeah duress is totally fine because you know you paid one mana to gain three life basically uh, if you get uh -huh. like a, a lightning strike or any of those but uh obviously this is the matchup that shieldred the apocalypse is super important yeah and this one's better than mono white i think just because of that it's harder for them mm -hmm. to get children off the table and children's more impactful mm -hmm. um it's still the, kind of the same thing like your make disappears are bad siphon insights bad like all your cards are kind of bad but shieldred the hail mary of just slapping shieldred down on turn four and crossing your fingers works a lot more in this matchup mm -hmm. whereas it it almost never works against mono white like they have to be pretty out of gas yeah um yeah it is <laughs> well it is funny because like i don't hate um siphon insight in this matchup just because um sometimes it just feels like i'm stealing their stuff because the reason i hate urtai in this is because i don't want them to draw any cards because they can't really do it other ways and like they're just racing to to get to the finish line and so if i can not let them draw cards and like hopefully steal stuff from the top of their deck that's like oh that was you it it feels good i know it technically doesn't really change anything but it feels really good when you like see two burn spells and you get to steal one from them and put the other one on the bottom and you're like you didn't draw either of those like that feels great and in my mind i'm like then yeah they, then they play a mountain they draw top deck mm -hmm. play a mountain you're like yeah like, fuck yeah i did it <laughs> so that's why i feel good about the siphon insights but how do you feel about the times you see two mountains and then they top deck up and spell that kills you? I don't remember those times, Jeff. Oh, smart. Actually, That's wise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, those are the times where I'm like, yeah, sick of land. I needed one. <laughs> and shieldred. <laughs> like, oh, unlucky. They had the bird spell. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I think all of these aggressive matchups are pretty not like not my favorite ones but i think you are correct that like um red is usually the one that's a little bit better because of the whole shielded situation it's just like the their worst nightmare like there's just nothing they can do yeah um they like best case scenario for them is they throw two burn spells at shielded mm -hmm. which is pretty good for us it's really good it also is a like Everyone should know this because they've been playing Shieldred, but like, don't block with Shieldred if they attack. Just yeah, that's uh, that's Ricky, classic. Ricky Although eventually you get to a, a point, like probably in Diamond or Mythic, yeah. where people know that you know that, and so they're attacking even if they have nothing. Mm -hmm. But you still probably can't. Yeah. I, I think Shieldred's important enough that you shouldn't. Um, yeah, unless you're going to die or something, obviously. But... Well, yeah. yeah. Um. And then also, I as far as mono decks, mono decks, aggressive decks go, I've been seeing mono black mm -hmm. because, as we will talk about shortly, probably after the beer break, what the meta really feels like. Um, but I do see a good amount of mono black or things that are masquerading as mono black that are actually interesting. Demir, um, I've played it against it exactly one time. Interesting. It. The, the one match I had was a fairly easy win. Like, I think my opponent kind of had 
not the best draws, mm -hmm. but they were consistently committing uh, mana on their main phase to their evolved sleepers. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, with that on the stack, I cut it down. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which... That's like a one for five mana trade or whatever. Yeah. Um, which like... is really hard to come back from, especially for an aggro deck. Yeah, because well, that's interesting because uh, all my opponents seem to be really privy to this and we're just having a standoff battle of like, who's going to try to kill it first? Like with, it's like, I know you Yeah, that's what it should downs. be, yeah. right? Because basically the problem is my opponent knows that I have make disappear or something. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to play into it. So what they should do is pump their Evolved Sleeper because that's part of what makes Evolved Sleeper good is... Mm -hmm. It's a standalone threat. You can develop your board without playing into a counter spell. Problem is, it plays into removal, which mm -hmm. I'm also quite likely to have. So, I think the the like trump card is that I'm going to win the game when you do nothing, mm -hmm. when you attack with your one one, and just pass and play nothing. I'm going to win that game. So you have to decide. What's the lesser evil? Are you going to try to overwhelm my counter spells and just play your, just try to curve out? Are you going to try to like get me to do something and then, and then play the better threat? Are you going to pump your evolved sleeper on my end step or something? Like, you got to do something with your mana. Otherwise, I just win easily. But I feel like they're, they're just between a rock and a hard place because I'm sitting there with my hand as like, make disappear, go for the throat, siphon insight, like fairy mastermind. I'm like, I, no matter what you choose, I'm going to be able to use two mana very effectively. <laughs> That's so interesting because my hand, when they play, when they go turn one evolve sleep or turn two tenacious underdog, my hand is yeah. always Urtai, second copy of Urtai, Kaito, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and it's just like we're, we're like i don't have any like like i said to... i only played the matchup one time and yeah. it just felt like how can you ever win this like i could probably randomize which order i play these cards in and like i'm mm -hmm. gonna win because um but i guess that makes sense when i have all of the two mana interaction against the aggro deck <laughs> it feels yeah. easier to win than Definitely. when i have a a slow clunky hand yeah i think the real way for evolve sleepers just like jam your stuff and then it should get better as the game goes on where it's like yeah. don't put all... <laughs> the times i've had people like go way too hard way too fast where they like uh pump up their evolve sleeper and attack me and then i just like go for the throated like on turn two or three i'm like why did you do that like you could have yeah. Okay, that was weird. Or someone like makes their Mishra's uh, factory a creature on turn three and attacks with it, and I make them sacrifice their creature. And I'm like, why did you? You could have yeah, just. Thanks for the the sinkhole. Yeah, that was awesome. Like, yeah, it's just it's I, it's just really confusing sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I that's because they know how much you love Stone Rain, mm -hmm. and they're like, and they, here he goes at. You love Stone good. Rain. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll definitely do this. Um, so anyway, that's that's just like a a PSA. Yeah, general tip about Evolve Sleeper is all you should almost you should almost never pump it in your pre-combat main phase to get an extra damage. Like mm -mm. 
unless your opponent is tapped out and you have nothing else like there, it's a specific situation generally exactly what zach's saying is like de developing your board is way better um if you're expecting a sweeper that could be a reason to do it like mm -hmm. oh true. i don't want to commit another creature when i'm expecting a sweeper so i'll just make this one a little better i'm still going to lose it but like i don't lose the card advantage that way but generally, yeah, you have to have a reason to do that. Otherwise, uh, like, wait to see what your opponent does. And then if you want to invest your mana in it, do it. And you missed, like, a point of damage. Yeah, which in mono black doesn't matter as much as mono red. Um, right. Yeah, you're not playing mono red. I think a lot of people who play, maybe play mono black aggro are coming from a more like, balls to the wall aggro deck. Yeah. It's like every point of damage really matters. Strength of mono black is it's a little more resilient at the cost of some speed. So mm -hmm. um, you gotta play it accordingly. Totally. Um, the uh, the card in this matchup that is really difficult to deal with is the Phyrexian uh, engine thing. What is it? The the one that like costs three and you can. Um, it's a three three with medicine, lifelink, and ward you have to pay life equal to its power or it's a seven mana seven seven with yeah, yeah. Life um, right the, the prototype guy yeah, yeah the, the big prototype one. snake thing that i is... haven't actually run into that card so that card is difficult to deal with because in our go main board it, yeah. there are not even just go for the you also can't cut down it so there are when you're sitting there being like oh turn three i'm going to kill whatever their thing is and you play that and you're like oh fuck uh, so I need them to have an empty board and I need a Liliana or I need an Urtai, which I'm not super stoked on. Um, and that's <laughs> turn four and they already gained a bunch that's of life. It's not the best. Yeah. So it tends to be pretty rough. Um, so that one has been a thing that's actually, because like usually these decks play like one of them and it's like, oh, they're like, I used a bunch of stuff already and they're like my Lilianas are kind of gone and things and then I'm just like stuck with okay whatever they play I, I they, they're gonna I've had this where like they've gone into their graveyard and I'm like okay when they get their shieldred they're gonna play it because they played Takanuma or something I gotta kill it with my go for the throat and we're good and then they get that card I'm like oh man yeah yeah that's <laughs> oh, so bad that's for me. so bad for me <laughs> um, which incidentally is why most like if you see a professionally made control deck or something it doesn't mm -hmm. just stack four of the best removal spell because mm -hmm. it introduces a hole where mm -hmm. it's like oh if i play against the artifact deck this deck looks really bad yeah. whereas if you vary it especially since all of the like two mana removal is of a certain power level these days yeah um, you maybe play two go for the throats because it's the best one and then one of two other things but um i I do uh, acknowledge that right now Go for the Throat is kind of like miles ahead of the mm -hmm. other options. So that's why you tend to see people playing a lot of Go for the Throat. But it opens up that that's like, that's maybe a reason to even play that card over another three drop is it just doesn't die to the most common removal spells. Exactly. It's also a reason why, actually, we'll talk about that in later bits. Um, the last aggro deck before our beer break is uh celestia toxic which you don't see i have here. not seen it i have, not have seen it. i have seen it um 
and the it's not great um just because of all the same reasons they go wide and um when i was dealing with it like as if you're on if they're on the play and they can sneak down a scrolls hive on turn two like it's pretty difficult to deal with yeah um because it's our deck can't close the game fast enough and we're just not going to be able to make the the board we don't have the good like in this matchup obviously we have our one board wipe in our sideboard uh so we'll play both of those the uh glistening deluge but like it's it's not a good matchup um by that yeah yeah so oh. uh, one deck that we don't have here i don't know if it is considered aggro but celestia enchantments i have played against that mm -hmm. one time i've also played against it one time but it was a really bad build so i didn't really count it I had a very easy win in my match. Mm. I think they're just a bit slower. They don't go quite as wide, so they are quite weak, actually, too. Removal? Go for the throat? Removal. <laughs> yeah, they're really bad against go for the throat and cut down. Like, cut mm -hmm. down, because their best card is Jukai Naturalist and just gets mm -hmm. nuked by everything we do. And, like, they're weak against uh, counter spells. Mm. So... They're just very, especially since they love to like bring back their uh, angel mm -hmm. um, onto something that has no protection at all. So you're just like, okay, go for the throat of that. <laughs> yes, it was briefly an 8 8 flying lifeline, but mm -hmm. uh, I had no intention of ever letting that enter combat. Um, yeah, that's just that I got from two very easy game wins where my opponent had draws that were they weren't weak. They were just mm -hmm. the draws that the deck has. I get the impression that that's not a matchup you really have to worry about. Although, mm -hmm. like on the surface, you might think like blue black can't get rid of enchantments. Um, you just don't need to in this matchup. You just kill. Yeah. Like I, the way you would lose, I guess, was hallowed haunting. And I'm going wide with that. Yeah, but that's so slow. Well, they, yeah, basically they would have to play Hallowed Haunting and then uh, play a lot of um, the uh, ossifications and stuff like that, yeah. where it's like stuff we can't super deal with besides make disappear. Um, but I did play against them, and both my one sorry my one siphon insight, which I cast twice. Uh, got their Hallowed Haunting and their Calyx. And so I oh, was nice. playing their deck, and then I was attacking them and making copies of my Hallowed Haunting. <laughs> and Love it. That was that was rough for them. <laughs> but Yeah. My opponent had a card in their deck that could remove enchantments, and that's how I got uh, like an ossification <laughs> after the battle. Yeah. Like, I'll take that shield back. Thank mm -hmm. you. <laughs> um, so at instant speed, no less. This is a big thing. And so I think almost every matchup i really like having more but i mean some of these ones that aggressive ones can be rough but i i love having extra copies of uh siphon insight i just i want to have all of them it's my favorite card to see like it it, it just looks good all the time i love it i love it i love it 
like yeah almost always have I mean, besides like toxic toxic it's terrible it's like so bad um i don't want any of that shit but all the other ones like even mono black i'm happy with some of your mono stuff. black i would take it i don't like it against mono white or like the humans builds mm -hmm. it feels so bad there because it's like i'm gonna get like a, a random two one that i played I my own thalia <laughs> yeah <laughs> oops <laughs> Now everything costs two more. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, it's like not the best there. And I don't love it against mono red, though sometimes you can steal a burn spell and kill one of their creatures with it, that kind of thing. So it's not the worst. It just feels too slow. Um, but against anything that's slower, I'm on board with this card. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's just fun. It's fun to like so steal fun. your opponent's cards and oh, play them. It's amazing. I love <laughs> yeah. it uh anyway jeff let's talk about some slower decks after the beer break but we'll have let's to get it. there first so let's finish these and go on our break this beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on patreon that's right you're already supporting the show just by listening but if you want to support the show even more patreon is the best way to do that plus you get to vote on your favorite co-host by either buying me a beer or buying me a beer. So go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host. Or if you'd rather send us cool deck lists, tell us what we should do with this Demir mid-range deck, that would be helpful too. Best place to do that is on our Discord channel. The link should be in the show notes. It will be, but Jeff, we have another beer up this evening. And it actually kind of goes with the last beer we brought. Um, so Ooh. this is... Time is the distance. Uh, so that doesn't really make a bunch of sense. For a second, I thought that I read it wrong, but no, it is. Time is the distance. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, that's that's how things are in Canada. We get made yeah. fun of for this, but you'll ask how far something is, and we'll say like five minutes. I mean, like, that isn't that weird, I think. Like, they still say that in the States. Oh yeah, I, that's all I see is the TikToks making fun of us for oh, really? time, time being a distance. How far? I I just meant like, you don't say time is the distance. That's not a phrase Canadians use, right? I don't think it's a phrase anyone uses. Yeah, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mainly meant. But sure. But yeah, I just if, meant that we do use time as a distance. Totally. I mean, like, it's like, oh, how long does it take to get there? No, because that's literally a number. How far away yeah. is it, is what you're saying. How far away is that? Yeah. How uh, far is this? You'll say 20 minutes drive. Yeah, but that I, that feels very normal to me. Because we're answering sense. the question that like you're really asking. Yeah, yeah. Usually that's... you don't care about like the mileage you're adding to your car. You actually want to know how long it's going to take you to get there. I mean, like if someone told me in miles or kilometers, I'd be upset, like physically upset. I'd be like, now I have to, I'm going to do 100 kilometers an hour on average. Let me like... Exactly. Just tell me how long it takes, man. <laughs> oh, and just I, what would really happen? I would just like smile and be like, oh, thanks. And then just take out my phone and be like, what is it? <laughs> like, yeah. like, what's that, the answer I actually wanted? <laughs> yeah. Look up uh, the distance in Google or the amount of time it takes and then subtract five minutes. And that's usually what it is. Um, Plus, mathematically speaking, time is perfectly, time it takes to get somewhere is a perfectly valid metric, as they yeah. call it. So It is. I haven't seen any of those Canadian TikToks. I don't know what you're talking about. That's just normal people stuff, but. Oh, good, anyway. good to hear. I thought the yeah. rest of the world was crazy. 
because no. I was like, I'm going to die on this hill. If Canadians are getting made fun of for talking about time as distance, I'm going to, I stand by that 100%. I think it's a, it's a good metric. I, I also stand yeah. with you. Anyway, this beer, <laughs> time as a distance, <laughs> uh, it is a Keller beer that was also brewed with Aveling Brewing Company which is over on the East End. So these are two beers that Sada City used a friend or brewed with a friend. And uh, a Keller beer uh, we've had on the show, it's like a unfiltered lager. And so we'll be kind of similar to our Papa Gnu. But with the thing with Papa Gnu is that in his Sasquatchy hand, you can see time is the distance is the beer he's drinking. Yeah, Isn't yeah, that cool? Yeah. yeah, it's right there. Ba -ba -da -ba. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, this is a 4.8% beer, and it's time to crack it open and chug a lug this guy. Chug a lug? Whatever. Yeah, I think it's cool. This is like the smaller, less hoppy version. Like, this is a German lager, and then that's mm -hmm. like the German hoppy IPA. IPA. So in that one, he's drinking the this one. The like um, easier drinking version or whatever. So we did kind of figure Neat. this out while we were doing the show so it probably would have made more sense to it the other way but yeah. whatever try things different sometimes mm -hmm. drink things backwards who knows all right cheers jeff mm. cheers all right i foamed up a bit mine as well but i just went for it anyway let's talk about some other decks that we're running into with our Demir Midrange monstrosity. Um, the, the other big things that we run into, see aggro decks and I see control decks. <clears throat> so yeah. number one boogeyman out there, I think is um, Esper Control. This is the deck yeah. you see the most. It's the one you were probably expecting to hear about the most. Um, it's no surprise uh you will often see turn one whatever uh, esper triland come down and you're like oh boy here we go rafine's tower yes rafine's tower um and then we know we're in a this matchup i think is actually uh difficult i i i want well i think this is probably the hardest matchup but jeff what do you think yeah, so I totally agree that um, this is the deck I see the most. And when did this happen, by the way? I feel like just overnight one day, Esper, like the memo went out that Esper control is like the best deck in the format now. I don't know, but everyone's it was, playing it. Yeah, it was, this is the the biggest like amount that I've seen, but uh Esper Legends falling in favor and basically just like taking out the creatures and putting in board wipes is basically what <laughs> happened. Um, yeah. As it feels like all those players just jumped onto the other deck. Um, but it was, I've seen this deck like the, the end of June, beginning of this month was like definitely happening. And now it feels like it's just the main menu. Like this is it. Like you're, this is what you're playing against. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I feel like I have a hard time with this. I've interesting. I not... think I have pretty close to a 50-50 against this. 
and I punted a bunch of I punted a bunch of matches early mm-hmm. uh, so I've like learned a bit uh and now I think I feel like I'm winning against it a lot more um, and to the point where I feel slightly favored like I'm not necessarily hoping to see this on the other mm-hmm. side of the table that would be too strong but I'm not upset when my opponent goes turn one Rafine's tower mm-hmm. kind of like I know I'm in for a long match <laughs> that's one yes. that's one thing that I that I identify but uh, I don't feel like it's one that I'm probably gonna lose yeah I don't think that it's something that I'm I do think that it's it's fairly 50 50 but it's because like I sorry that was me going back and looking at my untapped results uh and being like actually maybe I'm just remembering the losses way too hard because I always go two one or I not always go two one but like often but it is very grueling and difficult and um I really really hate the I don't have a counter spell for their sunfall and then when they cast sunfall I can't do anything about the token yeah. like all of my cards like go for the throat is so bad against sunfall <laughs> like yeah and cut down is usually the creatures there's they're going to sunfall when there's more than two creatures on the battlefield so it just becomes this this like three three that i can't kill <laughs> that i just like end up losing to this stupid three three from this stupid sunfall um and i it it just feels more tilting in my mind it just gets so irritating um yeah, but i do that think is super annoying we, but we do have a good chance against the deck um yeah i just think game one is usually the one i'm like oh i think our chance game one is, is rough because you game... have a lot of garbage yeah and so the amount of garbage in our deck i'm just thinking like right now our deck is not tuned for like control game one where i think mm-hmm. it might be smart to be tuned for for that like side almost pre-sideboard for for control game one um not too too crazy but like there are just so many cards that are not good. Yeah, that would help. And I think if we did that, we'd be sort of squarely favored. Because mm-hmm. I feel pretty favored in post-board game. Yeah. And it's just game one that you just kind of have to not draw too many of your useless cards. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can somehow manage that. I actually played yesterday... Um, I had a mult of five, and it turned out this was the matchup. And I was lucky where I just kept hitting land drops. And I basically went like land, 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 Murex. Mm-hmm. And then I That's... just used just used Murex and won the game. Yes, <laughs> I have also, I'd like, and this is not a unknown quantity that like lands that create creatures are really good against control decks and in control decks, because mm-hmm. anything that wipes the board, anything that pumps out tokens is good um but i mirex is 100 the card that you need like if you can usually the deck is or the matchup is whoever has mirex wins the game um yeah and whoever has then two mirex wins the game so yeah once you both have mirex it becomes like who's gonna get the second mm-hmm. and you basically are you want to hit land drops every turn so 
my sort of shorthand for this is like the player who wins is the player who gets Murex down and uh, the player who plays more copies of Siphon Insight in the mm -hmm. game. Um, so both decks are is certainly post-board are running four Siphon Insights. Mm -hmm. And it's just about who's like drawing them more or less. Yeah. Um, it's also important, I think, that when you Siphon Insight into your opponent's Siphon Insight, you do not take it or you don't play it unless you have I, to. I often take it and don't cast it. Yeah. Because um, yeah. like putting it on the bottom of their deck, like they have some shuffle effects whatever but like the amount of times people will siphon insight and then use my siphon insight immediately and being like this is the card i got i'm looking for something else like so you that just they, gave me because they put it in your graveyard um it's just yeah. like why would you do that okay thanks um it's just it's it's another weird reason why like in this matchup i know urtai is good in the sense that you can like counter planeswalkers and things like that but like i don't love a lot of these matchups can be a, like this one not maybe that specifically about attrition but like card advantage for sure giving your opponents more cards just is so bad it feels just so bad that i yeah, don't like yeah, you, you this don't. matchup. i don't <sighs> I think on the play, I'm okay trying to be the tempo deck mm -hmm. sometimes, but generally I've found the way to play this matchup is basically go into a control mirror mm -hmm. where you are like still the small, the the smaller control deck in a sense. You're trying to win the game quickly. Um, like don't be afraid to just play lands and pass every turn. Mm -hmm. Um I think my biggest tip for this matchup for people is like, don't be afraid to take lands off Scythe and Insight. Mm -hmm. That's really what you want to be doing anyways, because you just want to hit lands every turn. You want to find Mirax. I love stealing their Mirax. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So it means they have fewer copies to find. Um, and they have stuff like, uh, like memory deluge and stuff. So mm -hmm. you can't do it forever. But that doesn't mean that you have to just jam in the early turns and get totally wrecked by uh, at, like any of their counter spells. Yeah. That's what you're trying this, to avoid. Yeah. So even if you play something and wait to have an additional two mana up, like just do it. Like that's you most have of, that amount of time. Yeah. That's most of the game is like the game starts at turn five when you can play a, a three mana planeswalker and hold up two mana for make disappear because they don't have any creatures ever so um, it's so funny like uh another time i played against this deck again pretty recently um yeah, this was game one and we're just like siphon insights are flying right and then my opponent is like casting kaito and casting mm -hmm. shieldred and then they attack with their shieldred and I cast the Wanderer <laughs> and exiled their shield. It's like because of, there were so many Siphon Insights, we had swapped decks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my opponent's like trying to kill me with the shield. And I'm like, exile it. And now make tokens to block and defend myself from their Kaito and like kill their Kaito and stuff. I'm just like, did I just like swap decks with you? 
in game one because I think I got the better end of that. Yeah. Is it, does that mean that your deck is better than mine and I should be playing your deck or <laughs> Wait, what? Wait a minute. Yeah. Is... Uh, but I was also like, you clearly don't have a lot of experience playing Shieldred because mm -hmm. you never attack into the Wandering Emperor, my friend. Come no. on. Like, that's like Shieldred. I have like three cards that are from your deck. Come on. Yeah, like. <laughs> And I haven't played any of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I I think I just maybe I just don't love playing against control, and so that's why specifically this matchup is like, oh, here we go. Um, yeah, I feel very comfortable in control mirrors, which is probably why I play it this way. Mm -hmm. Like I'm less comfortable in the aggro versus control matchup because i'm being on the aggro side being on the control side i'm fine with that matchup but mm -hmm. uh not super comfortable on the aggro side so that's why i tend to try to sideboard into basically a control deck mm -hmm. uh, and and play that mirror match because i think that's where i'll get a better edge that's interesting because like i oftentimes feel like i wish my deck was closer to a tempo deck where i can um apply better threats um while holding up counter spells um which is a big reason why i want like more copies of mirex to be able to put into my deck or like just start off with more copies of mirex just in general um mirex is incredibly good that's mm -hmm. that was one of my biggest takeaways from the playing the phyrexian tribal deck it's like holy crap this card is good <laughs> don't you mean from talking to me at the beginning when i was telling you how good mirix is i or... don't remember you saying that yeah i'm <laughs> i'm pretty sure i i was like this is the only reason you can survive control like it, when you're playing phyrexians is you need mirix or Screltive, but whatever don't uh, listen nobody yeah <laughs> i think that i told you <laughs> whatever anyway mirix is really good um but yeah, so either doing that where you're like playing that game of like holding up Mirex mana, and then you could have anything at flash speed or your counter spells. They don't do anything, so you just make a dude and do that over and over again is great. Um, but also weirdly, like Fairy Mastermind, because of the cards that are just floating around now, like Fairy Mastermind in a Fable the Mirror Breaker meta. Is a lot different because people are drawing cards a bunch but fairy mastermind in uh a, a siphon insight and like a memory deluge meta is not like it doesn't do the, what the card likes to do it really just becomes the flash two one that like you can leverage but you have to pump you basically have to decide do i want to draw a card this turn or do i want to um make a a Mirex, a little might token. And I think yeah. a lot of the time making a might token is probably better than giving them another card because almost always. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, I just think, I don't know what it is. It's probably because control decks like cards. Every deck likes cards, but giving a control deck more cards just feels horrible to me <laughs> where it's like, you already have all the stuff. I don't want you to get anything else where similarly where i don't like uh doing it with um like model red decks where it's like the only thing holding you back from killing me is that you don't have enough cards so the situation of like my favorite situation in this is where i can like 
play Liliana after Liliana and just keep making them discard cards. That's basically my favorite thing to do. It's okay. like make you discard as many cards as possible and make you keep dorking around with this while I try to do other things. And yeah. of course, Mirex. If I can just make a Mirex and then make them discard a card every turn, that's the best I'm game it. I've ever played. Yeah. yeah. I'm it. Um, yeah, I still like Fairy Mastermind. It's ends up being decent at pressuring the Wandering Emperor and stuff like that. Yeah, sorry. So. I meant I meant the Fairy Mastermind is really good as a flash two one, but I don't like right. it. Then it doesn't do anything but else. The, <laughs> the card drawing thing. Yeah, yeah it's weird because like this is a control deck, but they actually draw very few cards. Their card advantage comes mostly off memory deluge, which technically does not doesn't say draw a card on it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um and so it's super weird that you'd think this card would be an all-star against control. And usually that's true, but I don't think any of their cards actually draw cards. Mm -mm. It's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, it makes them really strong against Shieldred as well. Um, mm -hmm. Because of those reasons. So I hate Shieldred in this matchup. That's yeah one of the, that's like the first card to go for me because it's like, too slow and clunky do you take all four copies out i don't take four copies out i usually don't just because like i don't know it feels like they're a bigger fish to fry sometimes um but i have mm -hmm. i think recently i've been leaving like one or two in especially if i play the control like sometimes they'll come back in because I'll play the control match game two. Mm -hmm. We'll just have this long grindy counter spell war that I end up winning or whatever to go to game three. And then they bring their removal back in or sorry, they take their removal out, but they left it in for game two because I had all these creatures. And now then they're like, oh, they're sideboarding into control. Like sometimes you play that game and mm -hmm. then just sticking a shield messes with them. But for the most part, I I, I just want think it's to take all four out, but I I usually leave one in. I think because I, I still like it. I usually leave them. Yeah, I I I like having shielded around. I like it being like a must deal with threat, even if it's not something that they're actively hurting themselves over. Um, yeah. I just like Shieldred. I it's like just it. like a four mana sorcery speed four or five in the matchup. That helps me gain life. Because <laughs> I draw a lot you of usually, You usually don't really care about that, though. Like, the control deck's going to beat you. Either way. Whether you gain six life or not. If I take two of them out and I bring two in grave, Graveyard Trespassers, that's usually... Actually, do I do that in this matchup? I don't think I do that at all. Now I need to look at the list again. Um, I no. mean, like sometimes they don't all they don't all come out because stuff like go for the throat is quite bad and has to go. It's true. Yeah. I think that's usually what happens is that I don't have anything else to replace them with, so I keep them in right. because I'm just bringing in Siphon Insight, Shieldred's Edict, Negate, Disdainful Stroke, and all the duresses and taking out most of the removal. Yeah, and you just and don't I'm, have enough slots to take out exactly. all Shieldreds. Yeah. So there's nothing else to put in. So like I just. I, I think I just usually keep all four and I don't even I just like oh, don't, four is way too many though. 
I just don't have like, like I hate drawing it. See, and I never feel like super bad drawing a shieldred compared to an Urtide for whatever reason. And this is emotional. I, I, I prefer Urtide in this matchup by a landslide. Like, it's instant speed. That, that's enough for me. That's true. I hate the four mana sorcery in this matchup. The four mana, yeah. Sorcery speed, uh, four or five. Yeah. I will say it is really frustrating the... Um, I've this happened to me, I think against the same person like multiple times, where like I would like turn two siphon insight, turn three, play a kaito. Insight again. Oh wait, no no no. Just... I would sorry, I would turn three um Liliana, then turn four Kaito. Hmm. And then as Kaito is phased out, they would shield its edict my Liliana. And it was just like that's so good. It's so annoying. It's like, <laughs> well done. Uh, I can't choose. Like, yes, I think in this matchup, I'd rather have the Kaito drawing me cards, but like, the fact that you don't give me a choice is really annoying. And like, I yeah. think that's a good, that's an interesting thing that happens with Kaito um, that strangely forces you to sack your other planeswalker. I don't really know. It's a, <laughs> It's just the right thing to do from your opponent's side too, because why why give you the choice, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you would choose the Liliana anyways, but you have information they don't, so don't exactly don't give the choice. Yeah, so Esper is like the the big bad, the deck you're gonna play against. So I do think that if any changes are gonna come to this deck, sorry, if when changes come to this deck. I'm interested in like having that deck in mind the most, um, which is usually what happens when you're building around a metagame is like, what's the best play deck? Build your deck with that one in mind. This oh. is the deck that I'm going to have in mind, I think, while trying to to build towards a new version. This is all just Zach trying to pre-justify him moving the fourth copy of Sight into the main deck. It, it, it obviously is. That was immediately the first thing. And every single game I play is like, put the fourth one in. Why is it in the sideboard? Why is it in the sideboard? It should be in the main deck. Um, there are very few matchups where I don't want four Siphon Insights. Um, so that's uh, that's where we're starting. Like, just getting you to know where my head's at. Um, we also have like, I think there's... I haven't really seen Azorius control. I, I I might have seen one, um, but Demir control is around, um, yeah. not as popular. Like if you're gonna play control deck, I think Esper is probably the way to go. Demir control feels like bad Esper. Like you're yeah. just giving up on the good board wipes and the Wandering Emperor. Yeah, both of the Wandering Emperors. Yeah. Um, so it's like I don't understand. Um, it just seems dumb. Um, but five color control slash five color attracts a shit. Um, yeah. It's still a thing. And it's probably the only other option you might want to have that has a different game plan um, mm -hmm. that like closes games faster than the uh, its Esper counterpart, which will take, you know, once they start, once once Esper turns the corner, it'll take 
seven turns probably to like get you um in five color control that's not the case it'll, it'll be about three probably where you go on the yeah. beat down i've played against this a few times i think i've won every time um i think this deck is just quite weak to a really well-timed make disappear mm -hmm. whether that's on their uh their invasion that tries to ramp two lands that's a good one or even on the seven drop they end up trying to cast it well, works pretty well like i have to say that like there was something going on with the people playing this deck because they cannot <laughs> hold their seven for two turns to make it a nine <laughs> yeah. for the life of them it's insane they just oh, seven <laughs> slam just like windmill wow. slam and then I windmill slam, make, make disappear, and then they concede, you know, like immediately. Because yeah. yeah. they're like, oh, he had it. I was like, well, why did you play into it? I wasn't even pressuring you. There's no reason you had to do that. I'm sitting there thinking like, well, they have seven lands. This make disappear is pretty useless. <laughs> seven drop. Yeah. Also, there's nothing better than like Siphon inciting all their good cards. I know, Siphon inciting so funny in this matchup. Mm hmm because you're like, I guess I'll play Atraxa, you know. <laughs> I had one uh, recently that was like um, Titan of Industry or Galta and Maverin. Oh, like, my oh spicy. Galta <laughs> and Maverin. <laughs> yeah. I almost want to take that one, but I'm just going to take the Titan of Industry. Cause yeah. Because it's actually going to be pretty good against yeah. you. It's a known quantity too, but like... yeah. Golta and Maverin. I will say, we never really talked about that card, um, but I do think that the way that the abilities trigger is wrong. This is just drunk me talking now. Okay. That, like, the way it triggers is, like, when it attacks, it makes basically, like, um, a big Either creature. a big dino or a bunch of small vampires. But it cares. It makes small vampires... I need to look it up now because I'm going to fuck it up if I just try going into it. But it feels wrong. It feels like each one cares about the wrong thing. Like it should mm -hmm. care about... Um, it should care... It sh the small thing should care about the big stuff and the big thing should care about the small stuff. But it's like... Gotcha. Uh, when you attack, it says create a tapped and attacking XX dinosaur with trample, where X is the greatest power among attacking creatures. So it makes a big creature depending on how big creatures you have. And then it makes I a see. small creature depending on how many small creatures you have, which I yeah. think it should be reversed. Where it's It'd like, be cool if it was the other way. Yeah. So it's like. I also uh, find it confusing that one of them enters the combat and the other one doesn't add them to combat. Yeah, because the, the vampires stay back as blockers. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes as many tapped and attacking... Sorry, it makes as many vampires as you have creatures attacking. I just think that they were so close, but they missed the mark on this. And it is... I mean, I actually don't hate that one of them is attacking and one of them isn't. But I think that... Like, you want to attack, make a big dino, and then attack and make a bunch of little ones. No, but it, it's always going to do, like, 12, though. Oh, no, it just says other attacking creatures. No, this card is frustrating. 
I'm, yeah. I'm mad. I don't like this card. <laughs> Anyways, that's uh, why I didn't take it. I was like, I don't yeah. know. There's a lot. I, on this card. I think they designed it, it wrong. bad. Yeah. <clears throat> this card would objectively win me the game, but it's poorly designed, so I will not select yeah. it. Uh, yeah, this feels like an easy matchup because we have pressure and disruption, and they're too slow to really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And like their removal spells and stuff are actually quite bad. Like, it's fine. You can eat my fairy mastermind with your, you know, one mana, uh, like enchantment removal. That's mm-hmm. just not that bad for me. As long as I don't like slam shieldred and expect to win with it, yeah. I think I'm in okay shape. And most of the time, like, you're not playing where you're just gonna like slam shieldred and just like sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time they're like they have eight cards that get rid of your planeswalkers. Um, so don't expect to keep your planeswalkers on the battlefield for this matchup. But why should you? Actually, that's one card I forgot to talk about for um, Esper Control. That's really important. Is um the fucking Esper Uncounterable Destroy anything yeah. card? That's the main yeah. reason you want to be Esper. Always it, hits my planeswalker. Yeah, and you can't uh, do anything about it. Remember when we talked about that card being awesome, then nobody played it for like a year, and now yeah. here it is. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Um, that's crazy that it took that long, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, the card is still like $2 in paper, so it just, it just seems crazy to me. I don't know. It just seems like this card's so good. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so frustrating because I'm always holding up Bake Disappear. And then, yeah, and that then like, ah, son of a. <laughs> I fall for it every time. <laughs> yeah, so then it makes me want like any card that can like bounce it back to their hand or like counter it but not counter it. Um, and, I, and we don't have access. Imagine if we had Reband. I mean, there's that oh, white card. There's that white card from Lord of the Rings that does that and you don't have access to it. Makes me sad. Anyway, um, yeah, I think five color. This matchup feels super easy. Um, yeah, like we feast on this deck. I don't think there's a ton of sideboard changes either. Like, I'll bring in like disdainful stroke because everything they play that's worth anything is like yeah. cost a ton. Um, and sometimes then- I just like mostly take stuff out and i'm like oh, i don't know duress yeah. is kind of okay i guess i put in a duress that's true i usually play duress because cut down is so useless right cut down has to come out so then you're just like mm. okay what what is not the worst in my sideboard and like duress will keep your planeswalkers around for a little bit you get rid of their so maybe you get rid of the ramp or their counter spells or at the very least one mana see their hand you know like yeah <laughs> but not nothing not nothing so it's it is, better than cut down <laughs> yeah i think it is true with this matchup though like that if they try to go like um turn three they play the uh the um hedge dinosaur uh what's it called i don't remember the the four four that can't attack unless you have seven lands yeah is that even a dinosaur oh topiary stomper yeah i thought it's a dinosaur oh never noticed that Maybe, I mean, 
in the picture of what I'm talking about, it looks like a dinosaur. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. actually the type line says dinosaur, but um, if they, it's a plant dinosaur. You're correct. There you go. So a turn three topiary stomper into a turn four, they want to play the um, invasion of uh, Zendikar. Um, just counter invasion of Zendikar. I think that's the way to go. Like, just wait for it. Like, don't, like, you can hold your makeup to make disappear and just watch them play Topiary Stomper and be like, that's fine. I don't yeah. care. I will wait you for wanna... the. Yeah. I've always felt Topiary Stomper was so bad. It feels like no matter what deck I'm playing when I'm up against this deck, when they take their turn three to play Topiary Stomper, I never care. Yeah. It's like, sweet. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The reason that it like feels good for them is that Topiary Stomper gets you to four lands on turn three. Then turn four, you have five lands because you play your land drop. Then you play Invasion of Zendikar. You get two more. It can attack the invasion, and that feels great. Right. Um, so I understand the play pattern is cool and good, but just... But it's like, it's not that good. It's very easily disrupted. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never really liked that card. But uh... yeah. yeah, it's not great. Anyway, uh, so that deck is great. Always looking for a, a yeah, nice five This is probably like what you're hoping to see. It's your opponent's on five color. Yeah. Especially like because they can just get screwed by lands. Especially if you're like eating the top of their deck and like taking lands from them. Yeah. Or like whatever. It just feels good. Like Yeah. Like, like that's the thing, because we're stealing their cards. They don't even necessarily go over the top of us. They just ramp. So they it feels like they have like a three-turn window to win the game where they mm -hmm. ramped up to seven drops and we don't have access to their seven drops yet because we're playing one land a turn. But then because they're doing that, they just get hosed by make disappear. It's like, yeah. okay. The one thing about this though is that um, taking a... Uh... Uh, Leyline Binding is like not super great because it costs so much for us. Quite bad, yeah, yeah. It's still like a five mana card. Like, mm -hmm. it just, just don't like it's. I mean, you can take it if you don't want them to have an extra one, but like, I'd almost rather have just like a land, a land. It also means that if early, if you have a choice between like maybe a Topiary Stomp. Or, or like the jet mirror land take the jet mirror land so that if you get a ley line binding later it costs one and that ends up being like kind of smart so Level. like you're looking for jet mirror gardens or whatever because that becomes something i'm really interested in, in stealing from them right. as well as like obviously atraxa and like any of their good like finishers yeah so I think that's pretty much it for combo deck, or sorry, mm -hmm. control decks. Um, yeah. I would say this is like, that's the majority of the meta. It's all this Esper is... control. There's some five color kicking around, but. Yeah. And then like, obviously the aggro decks we talked about earlier. So any deck we talk about now, is just kind of like a random outlier we may have seen that like, is this here? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I saw it once kind of thing. Exactly. Um, so Jeff, you saw some random stuff. You saw. Yeah. I want to hear about these decks because I don't know what they okay. are. Okay. All right. So I'm pretty sure these were just like a single player brewed this deck. Mm -hmm. They were having some fun on the ladder. 
And the decks weren't bad either. So that's why I remember them. So the first one that I really had a lot of fun in the match was against an opponent who was playing mono red power stones is what I'm calling it. It's just a mono red deck that plays like all the big uh, Brothers War artifacts. And so it, it uses like power stones to get there. them out. Yeah. And it plays like the Might Stone and the Weak Stone. And then it mm -hmm. played Koth of the Hammer. And that was kind of like, or not Koth of the Hammer, whatever the new Koth well, is. Yeah. Um, and so just the red is basically there for removal. And then it was playing these big, big artifact creatures, right? So I'm sitting there with like go for the throats and stuff, mm -hmm. um, feeling like a like a like a jackass mm -hmm. and but the funniest thing about this matchup is who saves the day but our hero siphon insight because a lot of my opponent's stuff gives me power stones <laughs> under the assumption that i can't use them effectively mm -hmm. or at least as effectively as my opponent can but little do they know i am planning on stealing cards from their deck to cast so i actually won this match by playing two skittering battalions um, off of that I stole from them off of yeah. a single siphon insight. I cast it on turn two, took the battalion, cast it on turn three, took another battalion. And then my opponent's just like handing me power stones left and right. And I'm like, oh, you are gonna regret this, my friend. So I slap one dance. Like, I think I I played it just for prototype mm -hmm. so i'm like okay I hit you for six you're go my opponent's like okay i play my leviathan kill your thing you get power stone and then i like bounce that with water and then play boom for nine and just get like boy like they're so dead <laughs> it's like oh man i'm sitting there with like go for the throats and all this garbage in my hand but i just win the game because of a single siphon insight that stole their best card twice, <laughs> twice. and they helped me cast it i was like yes that's why this card is the best that's uh, why i love this deck just for this one card siphon insight this has honestly taught me that that's like the best card in standard it's like yeah. <laughs> so it's, much fun it's so fun it's so because anything any fun shit your opponent does you get access to it yeah <laughs> like and then it's also like when you're thinking of outs you're like well i could draw siphon insight and then i could draw into their board wipe to wipe their board okay yes. I, I'm, I'm in the I'm still surprisingly in the common play pattern against esper <laughs> Is yeah. I'm gonna try and find a board wipe out of your deck because mm -hmm. you've had this wandering emperor. It's made like three two twos. Like, it's like and I need. I, I gotta wipe this. Like to do it. <laughs> oh, it's that's awesome though. I I, <laughs> I yeah. love that. Do you think we should be worried about this this mono red power stones deck? Is this the new <laughs> big baddie? I think it was really awesome. Yeah. I I'd be surprised if like. I'd be surprised if uh, mm -hmm. anyone else plays it. It just, it feels like it has too many weaknesses. Uh, but it was, I really appreciated what my opponent was doing. And, and they were really like, as a friend, as friendly as possible on Arena. It's like, mm -hmm. hello. And then after good game, when nice. the game okay. was over. And good. So, All right. Uh, so they're a solid person. That's yeah. Great. So shout out to you, uh, Mono Red Power Stones opponent. Love your deck. Uh, hope you can get to mythic with it or whatever your your goals are you're, you're fighting for yeah and the other one was one that that, that i 
ran into that spoke to me on a, on a personal level because it's a deck I've like considered building so many times, but it was Jund self-mill land theme, um, which has a special place in my heart because I built mm -hmm. a deck like this back when the Gitrog monster was in standard. Um, and it was all about milling myself, but I mostly cared about milling lands. Mm. Um, this deck does the same thing, plays like Titania and uh, Argoth and stuff. And then it's obviously centered around like Soul of Wind Grace, being able to mm. bring that stuff back, I mean... actually get a, get a payoff for all of your land nonsense. Um, this was like more straightforward. I just pointed removal at the Soul of Wind Grace every time they cast it or countered it and then the rest of their deck didn't, didn't do a ton mm -hmm. but uh i just wanted to like i saw the mill over titania and i was like yes i already like where this is going mm -hmm. <laughs> and i saw them play gend and i was like okay so i'm expecting soul of wind grace mm -hmm. as the only possible reason to do this um, and so yeah, it was unfortunately a bit weak just because it centered around one card that was that's easy to deal with, but uh, loved it nonetheless. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, I think the only decks I've seen that were like, oh, that's kind of interesting is like there's a, a Boros um, play from Exile deck. Uh, oh. If you've seen that, so it's like Boros um, Paya, the new Paya that like um or pia i guess i think let's see oh, oh. pia yeah, of pia. course yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. chandra's mom yeah pia nlr but yeah. you say pia nlr anyway um console of um whatever um actually don't so, even know what that card does yeah so it's like a boros creature um Sorry, console of revival. Here I found it. So it's a Boros 2-3. And it says Thopters you control have haste. And then it says whenever mm -hmm. you play a land from exile or cast a spell from exile, create a 1-1 one, one Thopter artifact creature token with flying. So the whole nice. deck is is just like all the different cards that are like um reckless impulse and like um the other one that does the same thing. Oh, I think I have played against this. I thought it yeah. was just like a one of kind of homebrew thing i mean like i i think that maybe i mean it could be the same person but probably not <laughs> yeah um, but i did run into this and it was like cool enough that i you know obviously you can easily just kill their their paya and like not have to worry about it um but having a bunch of hasty one ones that attack our planeswalkers is not something we really love and then having a bunch mm -hmm. of just creatures in general is something we don't like so yeah it uh it's just a cool deck i liked someone like finding another like it's just another deck where like the aftermath cards that we kind of were just like math this is whatever ended up being kind mm -hmm. of interesting so i'm like i'm just happy with that like sick yeah you, you did your thing yeah but anyway so that's basically our our standard excursion with this demure deck um i think it's fairly obvious what i'm going to be doing with this deck or where i'm going to start moving um jeff is a bit more secretive i think with his uh, ideas um but i just have so many different ones and i don't know which mm -hmm. one will end up being the one the i one. like the best 
I know pretty much every version will contain Siphon Insight. Yeah, I think that's, I think it, this has shown me that Siphon Insight is a must play in standard right now, where I'm like, I'm really uninterested in playing any deck that can't play Siphon Insight. Yeah, so, it's just the most fun card in the deck too. So it's like, yeah. I want I want it all the time. The, the amount of times I keep like two tap lands, but because I have two Siphon <laughs> Insights, I'm like, ah, I, I uh, it'll be good. It'll so be good. slow. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> Uh, it's so tempting. I usually mulligan that, and then I feel sad. It's like right. shipwreck marsh, shipwreck marsh, <clears throat> siphon insight, it's siphon insight. Come on. You're like, okay, I just need to draw one land, and I'll be happy. But if I don't, I can siphon insight into more lands. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I love that card, and I've been really enjoying this deck. Um, Me too. Yeah, and doing well. So that's been that also helps a lot. Right, and both of those things surprised me when I just looked at the deck list. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's like Shieldred and Good for the Throat and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and this deck looks, you know, like there's a lot of room for improvement and maybe it won't be that fun, but we can get there. And it's just like, no, I'm winning and having fun? Okay, I like I like the mm -hmm. start. Yeah. Um, now, it's, now it's time to rip this thing apart and totally ruined my win rate <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so you'll have to stay tuned um i think we'll be back in a few weeks show you what we did gonna be fun anyway jeff is it time for last call yeah i just want to say like a, my tldr on this deck is um my my two main thoughts are one it's so bad against go wide decks like it's awful it, like it's, yeah. if if your opponent makes like three or more creatures it's so hard to win um but number two it feels like it's two different decks kind of mushed into one it's like a blue black tempo deck meets a mono black mid-range that splashes blue and the the card that like brings them together is is siphon insight which is probably why we like it so much because it it's reasonable in both shells mm -hmm. um but then like yeah your your urtis along your shieldreds even though they do combo like you said it just feels a bit weird yeah like i rarely want both in the same matchup mm -hmm. it's usually like I'm, I'm either interested in the tempo kind of Get get them get the job done and keep you off balance game plan, or I just want to slam a big powerful card and say deal with it. And uh, it happens to me that I want Shieldred and I draw Urtai, or I want Urtai and I draw Shieldred, and I'm just like, oh, come on. Mm -hmm. Or I, you know, draw my classic hand of land, land, two drop, Urtai, Urtai, Shieldred, Shieldred. Yeah, right. <laughs> so many four drops. Yeah, and yeah. that's and I guess yes, I think that's right. And I think in my mind, it's almost always why the fuck Urtai is so annoying. Why did I have two <laughs> of them? Well, I know Shieldred's gonna die, so like having a second doesn't make me feel bad. Mm -hmm. Um, but having four four drops in your opening hand sucks. So. There, I, there are certainly too many four drops in this deck. Yes. So, <laughs> it's about which one we cut, and I have a feeling we might be cutting different ones. <laughs> oh, I just spilled my beer. 
Uh, no. I was going to say good save. But... No, not good save. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Looks like a good save on camera. No, I, I, I could lie, but no. Uh, anyway, shoot. Um, that's fine. <laughs> There's there's still a little bit left, so I saved some oh, of it. Okay, there you go. It's enough for the last call. Um, now I'm all sticky. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> oops. <laughs> let's let's finish it. I don't think I can talk about magic anymore. Let's okay. let's go. Let's let's talk about beer. Uh, we always rate our beers on a scale of bronze and mythic, just like the tiers of arena. And it has nothing to do with whatever tier you are in currently. It's just a fun way to rate beers. So don't feel bad when we say that bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. Uh, we can't finish them. We spit them out on the ground. Like you almost want to just throw them back up. Yeah. Silver beers are just boring. They basically don't have anything going on. So you're Budweiser's of the, uh, of the beer world. I actually think we should just add also just bad, like, there can be bad beers. They're like, this is bad, but like, I'm still drinking it um, compared to like. I'm bronze. fine with that because sometimes I want to label something silver because it's bad, not because it's uninteresting. Yeah. So we should just add bad is also silver. Like that's okay. that's fine. Let's um, do. Just because it's true. Um, gold beers are fine. They're like meh. You don't really have anything against them, but they're not really. You just don't think about them. They're just like there. Yeah. yeah. Platinum beers are totally solid. And you drink this again. Mm -hmm. Diamond beers are exceptional. You really like them. You drink them often and you show them to your friends. And Mythic, these are, of course, the best of the best. These are the beers that, uh, you know, you really need after a long night of getting your ass kicked at Magic. Yeah. Oh, I need some more Mythic beers for that. Um, I'm drinking so much of my home brew recently that, uh, which is actually not bronze this time. Hooray! Hey, that's uh, a win. That's a win. Um, it's probably just a silver. Anyway, so tonight, Jeff, do you have the beer that you uh, will be picking? Yes. I think, you know, it's fairly clear, but here you go. Three, two, one. I liked time is the distance. Actually. Whoa! Yeah. Why are you always surprising me? I gotta, I gotta mix it up on you. You always do that. I got Papa Gnu. Tell so me where why. I want to start. I want to hear why you were not as interested in Papa Gnu. Okay, so it might be a little bit personal. Okay. But when I I went to Sada City semi recently, like I was with my friend has a cottage out there so I was visiting them and we stopped at Sada City on the way and I ordered the Papa Gnu so I actually have tried it before right um but I had it at the brewery on draft and it was awesome and that's why I ordered it this time so I was like we have to do this on the show and as soon as I took one sip from this one I was just like mm underwhelmed mm. so i don't know if it was a misremembering what it tasted like or if it's just that much better fresh on tap like right there um but i think it's just uh expectations thing gotcha. i was expecting to love it more than i did because i'd like loved it last time mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I um, I thought it was nice. It's not neither of these are super overwhelming. I think obviously yeah. they're both like versions of like German lagers, but the Papa Gnu was like stronger and did push me over a bit. I was kind of I'm yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling it. Obviously, I spilled my beer on my pants, so um, which means it's great. Uh, I also wonder if, like, I tried them in the other order, would my choice have been different, or if I, uh, you know, didn't know it was second wedge? I don't know. There's a lot going on mentally. Oh, oh, second, second wedge. I mean, just, so, just kidding just kidding no yeah <laughs> second wedge was not great um i'm sure the people are nice but um there were own beers we tried everything that they make and it was nothing was good um <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry. i think it was mostly just like i had an idea in my mind for sure what this was and what it tasted like and it tastes a little different from that it was yeah. a little more like um muted relative to what i remember i think yeah and it also felt very muted to me as well but they both feel very similar in my mind yeah just they think, do they do feel similar mm, i just think the papa canoe feels like the like bumped up version a little bit but um yeah that, that's what it tastes like to me you know papa canoe feels like a platinum like a yeah, I actually had them both at Platinum. Mm -hmm. And I just picked this one because it didn't let me down. In yeah. the same way. I was expecting totally. Papa Gnu to come in here with the diamond rating. Gotcha. And I was like, probably thinking solid. Um, time is the distance. You know, I was, I think it's also Platinum, though, like, it's not my favorite Keller beer, mm. um, which we know is probably one of our silver series, which shouldn't be silver. And then maybe we should completely rethink our entire silver series thing. Cause sometimes it's like, this beer is very good. Like I, like I go and buy this I'm literally often. hitting it against bad beers. <laughs> so, um, so there's that, um, it's too late, man. Too late. So I know you just I have know. to be objective and not crown up the champion too early, but, um, so then it's hard because it's like this is not as good as my Keller beer that I like the most. If I say my Keller beer that I like the most is silver, then this has to be lower silver, you know. Which, <laughs> it's fair. Which yeah. is like really not doing justice to this beer, which is just delicious. So I think platinum is a, a good place to put both of these. Very solid. Good stuff. It's so. just the reality is that your silver beer is actually diamond. <laughs> I think that's I think that's more of it. That's more uh, the takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Is that just like wait, okay, so just because it's made in mass doesn't mean it's bad. That's yeah. probably that's actually the end of the podcast. That's like our that's that's the, the final that, that was the finale. point of the silver series too, right? Like mm -hmm. let's find some hidden gems or like let's give these beers a shot. Let's not count them out just because they're mass yeah. Because some of them really do suck, but some of them are actually some of them are good, man. Yeah, Sapporo. That's a fucking horrible beer. Stella. Hmm, that's a good beer. That's a really good one. 
Anyway, Jeff, let's go to closing time. So this has been a long one, but as always, you can find us at Reregulars on Twitter and Instagram. You may also find us on Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that is Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Best place is in the Discord channel. I will be at regular Jeff there, and the link for that channel should be in the show notes. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Look for us on YouTube. Leave us a comment. All that really helps us out a lot. We love to hear your feedback, and so do the algorithm people. So it helps the podcast out a lot as well. This has been Arena Regulars. Reminding you that the best card in standard is Siphon Insight. Good night. All right, that's fine.